this is FD Talks, a brand new podcast series by Funeral Directors Live, where we explore ideas, insights, and solutions for serving families in a rapidly changing marketplace. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome again to uh, FD Talks. This is our first episode of 2022. And if uh, 2021 and 2020 have taught us anything, if they've taught us that uh, technology really has been kind of taking off in the past two years, and particularly video technology, conferencing technology, uh, and live streaming technology. So that's one of the things that I wanted to, to talk about today on our episode. Uh, we have with us Ron Clyde. He's our director of special projects here at Funeral Directors Life. Ron, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. So, Ron, you have, uh, you have a little bit of experience with uh, consumer demand for technology, particularly when it comes to uh, video and video conferencing and live streaming. Let's talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you're seeing today. Well, uh, like any new technology, there's an adoption period, and live streaming in funeral homes has been around for at least 10 years, but it really hasn't been adopted. Well, here comes COVID, and people don't have a choice. It's, COVID is the catalyst for live streaming in the funeral home. The need has always been there, but now there's no choice. It's been accelerated. Adoption has been accelerated. There's a lot of interesting takes on that because I've been in a lot of funeral homes talking about it, and I talked about it before. We've been approached um, in years past for, for live streaming solutions for funeral homes, and, and some of them, you know, they opinions about that have run the gamut, but sure. um, I think a lot of heads turned and some some uh, minds changed, you know, over the past couple of years because of COVID. And you know, the the old way of thinking from a lot of funeral homeowners was that we're not going to do this because if we're we're going to maybe see a decrease in attendance with families and more more are going to go attend online than than in person, or you know, just if they don't want to come, you know, they. That's, that's on them for not attending live. But um, what has been your experience as far as adoption? Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, it's, it's personal experiences. And that's uh, a lot of how we got into this business. And when we decided that the time was right was when our CEO had a funeral for his aunt. And it was in a West Texas, North Texas town, hard to get to. And because of COVID, it was very difficult to get to. And in fact, they postponed the service, then they decided to have the service. And to make it even more interesting, this aunt had a following of people in France. And so Chris decided that it was time to live stream that service. Uh, we were able to bring in the people from France, and it was a good experience. And then for myself, we had a family member die, and his mother was unable to attend because she was in a COVID-quarantined facility. They literally wouldn't let her leave. And so uh, I talked to the funeral home, and they didn't have anything available. I talked to the local church. They didn't have anything available. Ultimately, I ended up just holding a phone. And I think for me, the moment that changed the most was when I was the only person, but I heard her singing the song. And I realized she was grieving just like I was. She was there. I was here. And so it kind of set off a light bulb that people are able to grieve even when they attend remotely. And ultimately, that's what funeral homes are for. 
providing healing through grieving during a time of loss. So we're trying to, we're trying to expand the walls of that uh, funeral home, and a lot of funeral homes have come to the same conclusion. You can still grieve. You can still receive the healing and the care, and the funeral home still gets uh, to do what they're doing remotely as well as locally. What are some common just mistakes that funeral homes make uh, when they think about trying to do this? I would say the first mistake is uh, do nothing. Uh, I think it's here to stay and funeral homes need to adapt. And so the first big mistake would be just staying frozen. Uh, But other mistakes, you know, they range from... uh, uh, trying to do it yourself, not really using the right equipment, um, maybe not investing in the internet like they should. That would be another common mistake. We have, um, we have people that try it and don't really have the support they need, and they're the ones fielding complaints, and they really don't have kind of an online support system like we, like we do. I, you know, I would say another mistake is um, not building a sense of community with live streaming. Uh, it is an opportunity to expand the brand of the funeral home. And so uh, there's a guest book. It's a virtual digital guest book. But guess what that does? It gives the funeral home the same sense of connection. And we send that to the families as well. We send the families the chat so that they can revisit it. So I would say another mistake is just not, they think more about the technology than they do about building community. And that's what we're trying to do, is build and expand the community that the funeral home has already established. And then I I guess last, um, but maybe most important, is funeral homes don't view live streaming as a source of revenue. In fact, it is. There are several approaches, as I've already talked about, to generate that revenue. And the good thing about that new revenue source is you're expanding the service, you're expanding your revenue, and that makes the whole operation more sustainable so that you can further the benefits of what you're doing. So I would say not viewing it as a revenue source is a mistake. What new have you been working on to to help help enable that process. Oh, okay. Well, we've it, we've rolled out a new product. It's called Encore and it is a live streaming set of equipment and services and the infrastructure behind all of that so that the local funeral home can live stream from their chapel, from a local church or venue and from the gravesite. So that can you go into a little bit of detail with it? Because that seems that seems like a pretty daunting task, I think, for a lot of funeral homeowners. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really easy to use. And uh, we have a set of equipment. It's three cameras. They're all wireless. They're all easy to use. We use an iPad to bring everything together. And kind of our standard is if you can use an iPhone, you can operate our live streaming equipment. And that's proven to be true. I will say to you that um, that funeral home that was not able to attend to my family's need, they're now a user of our system, uh, doing a great job with it. So it, it really is working kind of across the divide. 
between the digitally equipped and the digitally unequipped. So can you talk a little bit about what makes that different than, than other live stream service offerings? Sure. Well, a lot of the, a lot of the funeral homes are putting uh, cameras on the chapel walls, on the ceiling, and they kind of get what we call the God view. We've chosen to get more of an audience view to try to create participation instead of observation. So we put cameras in the pews. We put cameras facing the audience. And if we're outdoors, we'll, you know, we'll try to get the whole view and try to get a very specific view. And with the multiple cameras, you can really tell the story. That's what we're trying to do. So what kind of challenges have you faced with this so far? Well, I tell you, the first one is just finding the right equipment. I mean, uh, as we were doing our research, I talked to university professors. Uh, a cousin of mine used to work in Hollywood as a cameraman, and so he had access to a bunch of things. Um, another friend uh, worked for ESPN, and so I got this view that live streaming was going to be very expensive. And in fact, Rob, you were the one that kind of opened it up because you brought us the equipment that we're now using today. Hmm. So I'm going to flip it on you. <laughs> what were you thinking when, when you heard what we needed and, and how did you come up with what we have? Uh, the original funeral home that approached me for something similar, uh, you know, they, like I said, they did want that do-it-yourself aspect of it. They didn't want to pay for an, uh, an extravagant service, but also to have a level of support. I think, you know, being able to know that they could call me and, mm -hmm. and I could talk them through that. Uh, for a couple of times, I even sent one of my teammates over there just to kind of get them up and running. And what they, what they found was that it was easy enough to where I only had to show them once. You guys have done, I understand that you guys have done a lot of the back end stuff, the complicated stuff with yeah. servers and yeah. I don't even know that language. That's right. beyond what I do, but talk about that a little bit. Right. And we've worked all of that out so that the funeral home with the touch of one button is basically to connect, able to connect to the world. And I'll tell you in just a couple of months of use, we've We've had every continent except Antarctica attend one of our funeral home services. We have the Far East. We have a lot of countries in Europe. We've got some countries in Africa and South America. And they're able to attend because of this infrastructure that we've tapped into. Another one of the concerns that I remember uh, talking about was cost. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Well, uh it is not free, but the good news is uh, everybody who's using it right now, most everyone, is making money with it. And we have about eight different ways that we recommend you charge for it. And it depends upon your market share. It depends upon your competitive analysis. And it also depends on what you want to do in the community. So you may want to give it away for free. You may want to charge for the service. You may want to include it in your general packages. There are a number of ways to go about it. But our advice is that you sustain live streaming by making sure you get revenue for it. We talked a little bit about, you know, COVID in the past two years really being sort of a, a like a catalyst or some, mm -hmm. some way of enabling uh, the advancement and the acceptance and adoption of this type of technology. But what do you think happens when that's not necessary anymore? You mean like when COVID goes away? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're looking forward to that, uh, and hopefully it will come soon. But um, it's a catalyst. It's always the, the chemical reaction's always been there. 
people are not able to travel. Um, the nuclear family is much more dispersed than it used to be. And so the funeral home has been facing declining attendance to funerals, and it's frustrating to the funeral home. Well, that's because of changes in our society. With live streaming now, you can expand those funeral home chapel walls and get more people in the room, more people grieving, more families coming together. So I think it's here to stay. Tell us, if you will, just how this process works. If somebody has interest in uh, getting started in this, and what, 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 what do they need to think about? The first thing is the funeral home has to have the internet communications capability. After that, frankly, we need the staff to agree that the internet is ready and that live streaming is something that they want to do. Uh, it, it doesn't take special training. You don't have to bring in a videographer. And we know that funeral directors went to school to be funeral directors, not film directors. And so, uh, but they do need to make a commitment to the technology uh, as simple as it is. And then reach out. Uh, we're available. Uh, our local uh, field is is ready to go, but we also have a uh, staff put together to talk you through it, train you, support you, and provide monitoring and things like that. Uh, you know, the funeral, the funeral itself is interesting from a live streaming uh, perspective. We provide chat. Well, what happens if maybe there's a family member that shouldn't be on a chat? And, uh, or do you want chat at all? There are various privacy concerns. And so we've set up a, a, a lot of versatility in the technology that allows the funeral director to plan the live streaming service to the wishes of the family as well. We monitor, uh, we monitor it for quality. We make sure that the audio is good, the video is good, and we also monitor the chat in case you know it gets out of hand. So as we get close to wrapping up here, do you have any like success stories or, or any just feel good experiences that you've had with this so far? Um, well, if I can get personal, my mom passed away uh, in June and uh, we had her service in July. So let me just tell you how it felt on my end. I was the patriarch. Uh, both my mom and dad have passed and so I was shaking hands and I was consoling people and I had to speak. So on the day of the service, I had my game face on. Well, so there were two things that live streaming did for me. First, we had 80 people in the room, and we were really grateful for that. We had 60 people online. And so when I think about my mom's funeral, I think that 140 people attended her funeral. And that's much more important to me than the wood on the casket. I felt like my mom was loved. And I felt like live streaming enabled that. Okay, that was number one. Here's number two. And this one kind of caught me by surprise. I was watching the video for quality assurance just in my job. Well, that's when I grieved. I started bawling like a baby because during the funeral, I had to have my game face on. 
But when I watched the video afterwards, that is when I grieved. And so we provide the video to the family. We provide it to the local funeral home. Some of those funeral homes are using it to generate revenue. Others are, you know, it just depends on what the funeral home is trying to achieve. But we've had watch parties. We've had people at the end of the funeral go to the funeral director and say, we're going home. We want to watch the funeral. And so the video on demand has actually been a a benefit as well. That's good stuff, Ron. Uh, Ron, I appreciate you coming in today. Um, uh, you have any parting thoughts before you go? I mean, I want to I want to make sure that everybody knows how to reach how to reach you if they have any questions. Yeah, uh, I guess what we've learned is uh, live streaming's here to stay. It really can be a vital and important part of all the funeral homes in America, and it's it's kind of uh, it's the way it's going to be. So I just encourage everybody to get involved. Do your research. If we can help, let us. Uh, we just we just really think that it's the right time to expand the walls of your chapel. Well, Ron, once again, thanks for joining us today. Um, this has been a pretty good conversation. I, I think uh, I know a lot of funeral directors who have been trying to do this and maybe have been making some of those mistakes that you were talking about. Hopefully this is uh, good information for them. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone for watching, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. If you would like to reach out to us about this episode or this series, please visit us online at funeraldirectorslife.com forward slash FDTalks. There you can find information about this episode and submit any comments, suggestions, or feedback about our series. And we also welcome your ideas for future episodes. Join us next time on FD Talks as we explore ideas, insights, and solutions for serving families in a rapidly changing marketplace.